Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sweaty Casuals, brought to you by the Snowflake Sanctuary Discord server. This is the podcast where we usually talk about the A to Z of the games that we love to play, from the state of rank systems to our thoughts on the newest sensations and everything in between. My name is Knox, and today is going to be a little bit different of an episode. Um, Zach will not be joining us, and it'll just be me and my little girl group here. Um, and then a small reminder as we start, uh, viewer discretion is advised, we do swear. Um, so today we're joined by Drazzle Kassin, who usually goes by Draz, Spazzed Oreo, who goes by Oreo, Howdy. and Mrs. The Point, who we will refer to as Point. Hey! And there are a few things that we all have in common. We are all part of the same Discord server, we all play similar games, and we are all women in a seemingly male-dominated field. So the idea behind this episode today and the Gamer Girls was brought on by discussions that Zach and I had and a few of us in this call have had about the Oscar nominations that have recently come out and most specifically Oscar nominations surrounding the film of the film of Barbie. So we kind of wanted to start, set the tone today kind of talking about those Oscar nominations and what they mean for representation and how we kind of operate through the world as women. So if you are not aware, Oscar nominations came out about a week ago and two notable people in Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie were left off of the nominations, which is a little bit ironic. Nobody's laughing. But it's ironic given the film that Barbie is, except Draz is laughing a little bit because it is funny I in that have sense. A choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Laughing is angry a laughing mechanism. is a thing. It's fine. It's <laughs> extra energy we're getting out. It's the laughing you do when you're trying not to to break down. Yeah, <laughs> but um, best picture nominations came out, and to no to no one's surprise, Barbie was on the list. It was the top grossing film of 2023. And historically, top grossing, getting the most amount of money, most amount of conversation around it, leads to a Best Picture nomination. But that being said, the top grossing movie of 2023 and a Best Picture nomination got uh, the director, Greta Gerwig, was left off of the Best Director nominations, along with Margot Robbie, who was left out of the Best Lead Actress nominations as well. Um, past Barbie, there were also other um directors and films that were left off the list uh celine song who did past lives was also left off the best director list there was one woman who was on the best director list and i'm losing her name right now uh lily gladstone who did killer of the killers of the flower moon which is historic that she was nominated she is the first native american women woman to receive a best actress nomination so my fault she's an actress not a director but in light of all of this, I kind of wanted to open up that discussion first to the women in this call and kind of give first reactions to when you heard this news and what it means to you in regards to the film Barbie. Well, I would say, like, when I heard the news, I thought it was kind of crazy because everyone was like waiting for Ryan Gosling's response because in the, um, uh, what was the other award show that just happened? Uh, Critics' Choice. Yeah, in that one, uh, he said a whole thing about, like, thank you uh, for Margot Robbie and uh, the director, what's her name? Greta Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. Um, And, like, he was very, like, pro towards all this, like, feminism 
stuff, right? Which obviously, I mean, I think it's a good thing. And like when he won for best song of I'm Just Ken <laughs> instead of Billie Eilish's song that was featured in the movie, which everyone thought she was going to win. Um, he was still very like, you know, pro women sort of thing. So when this whole like thing with the Oscars came out and like they didn't get any nominations whatsoever, he was he made a whole statement. I forget like everything that was said, but um, basically saying that it's you know messed There's up. There's no and Barbie blah, 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 without this. Margot Robbie. And yeah, exactly. Like, like it's just it's crazy, and I think now like. Um, the people that were doing the nominations, they are highly regretting it now, right? Because what I feel like happens a lot, especially in like a professional world, because like it, like especially nominations, like it goes beyond like just the actors and everything. Like people are making these uh, nominations um, professionally, and I think it's they're underestimating how much women have a say in you know the world and everything especially in the u.s right so like i they're i just think they're highly regretting it seeing all the backlash between both not just women but also a lot of men that support it and like as you say i know that most of these shows it's like the production companies pay to have their actors considered and they're not going to put money towards something they don't think is going to work out and the fact that they don't have that confidence a lot of times hurts just as much as like when they do have that confidence and it doesn't work out with big movies. Um, I can't necessarily say that I, I follow um, all the award shows and the the nominations and who wins, who doesn't, but especially for barbie which I, I did eventually see i didn't pay to see it in theaters but someone had it on hbo and i was like you know watch it i'm here for it and it is especially with what the movie represented it's a shame that all the the folks who were nominated were men mm -hmm. and as i was doing a little bit of research to kind of set up this conversation. Another thing that has actually been talked about in my daily life a lot recently, which is the Bechdel test kind of came to mind. And one thing I wanted to point out, so those of you who are not aware, the Bechdel test, um, which is also known as the Bechdel Wallace test, is a test to measure representation of women in film and other fiction. So the test asks whether a work features at least two female characters who have a conversation about something other than a man. Oh, they have to in, be named too. Named that characters, correct. Often puts it up a little bit too high. Yeah, and that's crazy too. Um, in my opinion, this is a pretty low bar to meet, given that I don't know. Women don't just talk about men, and I don't think I have to say that, but things like this make me feel like I do. And I took down some notable movies uh, within the last few decades that don't pass the Bechdel test. Some of them are more surprising than others, but some of them on the list are the Super Mario Bros. movie, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, in, pro in quotations, kind of. Technically, Two Towers does pass the Bechdel test because there is two named characters for about five seconds that talk about escaping an invasion that's coming. Um, but those two named characters are not part of the main cast and they never show up again. So they, 
it passes by the skin of its teeth. Um, A star is born, does not pass the Bechdel test. The girl with the dragon tattoo, Oppenheimer, Avatar, not the last airbender, the blue one. (laughs) Um, The Avengers original uh, movie, Breakfast at Tiffany's, and the Star Wars original trilogy. And it, I don't know, in my opinion, that's pretty heartbreaking that some of these movies on here I love, but they don't even do the bare minimum to represent women well, in my opinion. And I know a long conversation, um, me and my partner were actually watching Lord of the Rings for the first time. He's seen it, I haven't. And we were talking about the female characters in that movie. I don't know if the three of you are familiar with Lord of the Rings. Yes. Yes, okay, good. Um, I have the trilogy here, and then my husband's version of the trilogy is in the closet. (laughs) My cats are Smeagol and Smog, so. (laughs) Um, We were watching Two Towers, and one of his comments was that Eowyn and Arwen were strong, independent women. And we had a long conversation about why does he think that? And why does that matter that I don't know if I would describe Arwen and Eowyn as independent. They never have a conversation in the movie that isn't about men or with another man. And we had a conversation just about like what that means to me and what that portrays in terms of we, these characters are great. I could tell you everything you want to know about Aragorn. What does he want? What does he not want? What are his, what drives him? All of these things about who he is and what makes up his identity. All I can tell you about Eowyn is that she's a lady of the court and she's in love with Aragorn. And that's not a lot to go on in terms of representation. I don't know if Draz or Point want to further that topic. I actually haven't seen the movies. Okay. It's not much more in the books either. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) So don't have any hope. (laughs) They're very maternal, kind of. They're like mom-coded. They provide food and clothing. <laughs> Are you okay, Travis? Yeah, no, no, I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> it wasn't a thought that I had had before, but yeah, yep. <laughs> I, I just had a son. Role. He's six months old. And I've noticed there's a lot of stuff, like, because I have a pregnancy group from Reddit, because I'm a normal, healthy individual. That's where I found my support. And... <laughs> Somebody pointed it out. There's a lot of mom-coded characters on movies and stuff that guys are madly in love with. And I can't kind of can't unsee it now. Yeah, phenomenon's a little bit. It's a lot of these things, when you start looking into it, you're like, wow, we still have so far to go. And I think right now is such an interesting time because it's such a time of change. People are not staying quiet about this. If this was still the status quo, the Barbie nominations wouldn't be as big as they are because the women who are bothered by it would speak out against it, but it wouldn't matter. But it does matter now, which is positive that we're able to have these conversations and call attention to this and have some backlash for it. But moving away from kind of the the movie aspect of it just that was just to set up the conversation obviously this is a gaming podcast so we wanted to center it more on our experience as women within a hobby that feels a lot of the time male dominated especially within some of the games we play 
Um, I know I was talking to one of my friends who was was thinking about joining us on this episode, um, didn't end up working with scheduling, but her experience was a lot different. She plays a lot of Sims. She plays a lot of what would be considered girl games. It's and the has cozy an, girl game vibes. The cozy girl game vibes, which I also think that there's issues with coding games as either girl or boy games. But she hasn't experienced the same kind of things that some of us have within games, such as I know a lot of us have experience within Overwatch and other FPS shooter games that feel more male-dominated most days. So to kind of open up the, the discussion here, let's, set, let's level set here, get a little baseline. What are some of the first games that we got into and what are games that we tend to play a lot today where this affects us? Oreo, do you want to kick us off? Actually, yeah. can I ask a, a caveat before we start with that? Are yeah. you specifically talking about online games? Like multiplayer yes. games? Okay. I would say games that would have an impact um, where gender might have an impact on our experience. Okay. Back to Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think the first like online game that I really got into was Overwatch. Like, I played uh, numerous amounts of COD, and I've played Rainbow Six, which Rainbow Six is the worst game ever to exist for females, might I add. Um, literally nothing worse. Um, but Overwatch, I feel like, is uh, a lot better about it. Like, I have had just a few negative experiences playing Overwatch. But, like, most of the time now, I'm just playing with the people on the Discord server because I know they're all, like, very, like nice to me and stuff, right? It's not Are a, we? I'm sure? worried about, okay, listen. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference between being a jerk to someone for being a woman and playfully making fun of each other, right? Like, yeah. I will make fun of people while I'm playing games all day long, and they will shoot it right back. And it's a, it's a love make fun of, right? Whereas when I get into a game like Rainbow Six, where I just say one word, I'd be like, hey, how's it going? And then I'd be bombarded with like, gamer girl blah 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 this go back to the kitchen all that bullshit that nobody wants to hear and is just stupid i'm like well i can shoot a gun on a video game just as well as you can doesn't really matter if i am a woman or not like <laughs> you can calm down if you never talk to a woman that's okay <laughs> it's their opportunity they should take this as a learning opportunity no i know and <laughs> like scared like one of the things that's just insane to me is I don't know why it's so hard to just act like a normal human being because I these like if you saw this man out in the world like most of the time when I see people out I don't go or I don't hear people go oh it's a gamer girl you should go back to the kitchen like when I'm on on my university they're they're not going oh women shouldn't be getting an education but if i got into a game and they found out i was in university they'd be like why are you even going to school you're not going to get a job blah 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 this like go back to the kitchen make me a sandwich <laughs> it's just stupid shit 
Oreo really got the scum of the earth. (laughs) (laughs) Rainbow Six Six is the worst. (laughs) Like, I have had experiences in every game with that is very male dominated. Like, I feel like Rainbow Six and COD tend to be more so male dominated than other games that I've played, at least in my experience. And it's just Rainbow Six. There's something about it. There's a YouTuber I watch called Spontaneous. She makes videos every once in a while of her it's like uh i forget what it's called it's like yes i'm a girl series or something like that and it's just clips of all these men making fun of her because she's a girl and she fucking like she'll be mvp on every like round it doesn't matter there we've all been there we've been there when the guy jumps in our team's voice chat and they're like oh my god there's a girl Mm-hmm. And we're just like, oh my god, where? Where is she? Yeah. <laughs> where is she? I'd like to meet hey, her. Where? I want a friend. <laughs> and I mean, it happened once when I was playing Titanfall 2 online. Um, a guy, because I was running with a squad, and they were my friends. And this is a fairly common occurrence. A guy would join in. They'd be like, oh my god, there's a girl. And I, I would always respond, oh my god, where? Where is she? <laughs> Am I? And this one guy did not like that response. And he started threatening, like, sexual violence against me. And I was like, dude, I'm just going to leave now. Like, you're not even worth talking to. And my friends didn't know how to respond because it was mostly men. They hadn't had that experience. So when it happened, they just sort of froze. One guy offered to buy me pizza. It was very sweet. Here, <laughs> have some food. It'll make you feel better. I mean, not in response. <laughs> you know what? Every time I got disrespected by a man online, I would also love for someone to offer to buy me dinner. No, for real. <laughs> like, it doesn't fix the problem, but it sure makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> Uh, the first online video game that I probably played was Halo 2, um, but just because of the way that our house was set up, the TV was directly next to where my grandma used to camp out during the day, so I would keep, I would stay out of voice chats unless I was in a call specifically with my friend, and then I'd have a headset on. So I avoided most of the worst of it especially with the xbox crowd because i feel like I... They're a bit worse than the pc crowd <laughs> so, Halo two, just in case there's younger people <laughs> they probably don't remember in halo 2 you had to join an xbox group so it didn't matter if you were in the game or not and people would hmm. ask if someone had their girlfriend or sister in the chat when I would be in there. And be like, dude, I just killed you like four times. Why? Who gave you the nerve? No, that's another thing. A lot of times if they find out you're a girl and you're like doing even like halfway decent, you don't even have to be doing good. Just if you're doing halfway decent, they'll be like, oh, is your boyfriend playing for you? Like, why are you on the call? And I'm like, calm down, okay. <laughs> I put a compilation on Facebook once of me killing people in Titanfall 2, including me dropping my Titan on people. And I said, and I had a very feminine name then too. It was like virtually plum or something. 
And I was like, oh, did I do that? Like Urkel. And somebody tried to explain to me what dropping the Titan was. I'm like, this is my, this is me. (laughs) We love some mansplaining. (laughs) For me in Overwatch, one of the most common places that I found misogyny or disrespect um, from men would have been not within group chats in game, it would have been within find a group. So that doesn't exist anymore. And I think there's pros and cons to that. But I remember joining, playing on my PlayStation. So I didn't know any of anybody in here yet. I was playing on my own and I would only play on my own. And I would try to go find a group because the game was more enjoyable when you had a team that was on a voice call and would work together and felt a little more social than me just sitting on a couch and playing Overwatch for six hours because that was not good for the mental health. But I would use the find a group uh, feature and there were groups that I would join they would ask me to talk about who I played and who I was going to play. They would hear my voice and I would get kicked immediately. Trying to find a group was so incredibly hard. My other favorite question, this is a little bit of a joke, but my favorite question that I would get before they would kick me is, are you a nine-year-old boy or a girl? Oh my God, yes. Um, because of my voice. They couldn't tell if I was a prepubescent male. Can we or talk about all the men that are like, They'll start being rude to us by saying we haven't gone through puberty yet. And then we're like, what? <laughs> Boy, I've been Does through it puberty. To them? I guess that women exist. Yeah. And the amount of, I think, too, in games like Overwatch, where there's, it seems like a gender stereotype of what character you play. If I were to join for a tank, they'd be like, oh, do you play D.Va? They join as a support. Oh, do you play Mercy? Oh, do you play Moira? Do you play Symmetra? Like, there was a stigma around the characters that I would play. And there's nothing wrong with either gender liking any character. And I don't, once again, I'm going to say a lot of things in this podcast that I don't think need to be said, but it sounds like they do sometimes. And the, the experience that I had was so negative that I still remember finding this Discord. I never went on Find a Group ever again. I don't join voice chats anymore because I know that I will be able to later, if I want to go play Overwatch, I can find three people to come join me from the Discord that I know are respectful of me and that care about me as a human, which I think too, especially for, I think Oreo, I think spoke on the same thing. Within the last two years, if I've played Overwatch, I haven't had to experience a lot of this, thankfully, because we've been surrounded by friends. But it's sad that you have to be surrounded by friends to feel like you're not going to be the subject of somebody's misogyny. My husband actually noticed when I was playing Titanfall 2. I'm going to talk about it a lot because that's when we first started dating. Um, He noticed that I would join this one group and I would just run with Uno all night. And he's like, why is that? And I'm like, well, because if I don't, they get really mean. And he didn't really get it. And he's like, but you kick ass. I watch you go on these horrible rampages and i'm like i know but they're mean (laughs) yeah that's another thing is like i feel like when i do or when i did join a lot of group chats like you were talking about joining the find a group thing i never did that because that shit was scary not my vibe i would go into a comp game or a normal quick play game and I'd 
like join the voice chat, but I wouldn't say anything until I could figure out what the vibe was. So it'd be second round, like we'd be on defense or something, and then I'd actually say something instead of being quiet the entire time because a lot of times it's scary. Like when I met um, a lot of the people, like the founders in our Discord, it was second round in, they were all making fun of another guy in the call in the Overwatch match. Right. And I decided to hop in and then it was a whole thing. There was never anything, any girl, you know, misogynistic BS. Right. And it helped that there was another girl in the call. I feel like when there is more than one girl in a call, especially if it's a group of people that know each other, it's a lot less terrifying. <laughs> yeah. If a girl speaks up, I'm instantly more comfortable. It's yeah. Safe. You, yeah. yeah. It's I have a safe an ally. Space. Yeah, I'll be super honest. The when I first got into Overwatch, it was Zach's fault. Uh, <laughs> so he he got me this computer. He got me to download the game. So I was like, "Fuck, I owe him." So I downloaded the game. I was like, "All right, I'll play with you." It got its claws in me so deep that when he left for a while to go uh, off for work, and I was alone. Paradox, bless his soul, you know, would play with me every once in a while when he could, but he's not on nearly as much as Zach and I were. Um, I found myself in the looking for groups. And when I stumbled into the one, it was um, two of the founders, Knight and Caramel, you guys have met her. She, because there was another woman in the call who knew the other people there, it was immediately so much more comfortable for me. And that was why I stuck around. So literally just because there was another female. And I was going to bring that up too, is how heavily weighted towards females this Discord is. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think that's super positive. Something that we have yeah. that very often any live call in our Discord has at least one female in it, if yeah. not more. It's and probably closer to 50-50. Most mm -hmm. of the time. Yeah. yeah. With the entire server. Yeah. Oh, the voice chat a lot, but that's because when I joined, I was pregnant and I was crying every time someone <laughs> said nice things. <laughs> I didn't want to be a stereotype. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. That was one of the things, too, when I joined the Discord, much like I think I had a very similar experience to Drez. We actually joined the Discord probably about two weeks apart. Yeah. It wasn't long. Find a group was single-handedly the best thing that ever happened to me in Overwatch and the worst thing. Worst because of my experience, best because I was able to stumble into this amazing group of people. But I would agree. I remember joining the, the group with the two founders and one of them being Caramel and immediately feeling so, so comfy. And I also think about, I know the Discord, we try to do little things to go out on games and... I guess we call them recruiting nights, but we just go out and try to find more people to add to our community. And it's one of those things that I would never go do that by myself to this oh, day. No, never. Like, <laughs> I would never go play Overwatch by myself and try to recruit people. That would, I think that would be disastrous. I think people, unfortunately, would get the wrong idea of if this was a male I was trying to recruit, of a female and join, join inviting them to join them on Discord. I think that sends a message, unfortunately that you're not portraying, which is a whole another discussion. But I know, like, 
when I go out and do the recruiting nights, Zach and I will go do it together so that there's a woman in the call and a man in the call, depending. So it, it's comfortable for whoever stumbles into our groups. Yeah, plus I feel like it always gives you a good vibe. It's like continuing like the recruiting nights and stuff. Like I've mm -hmm. done that with Zach and stuff, but it it, sh it shows what the community is and it's not just, oh, here's a girl and a guy and they're dating or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I, I want to, I showed my husband Titanfall 2. I, I taught him how to play D&D. &D. <laughs> a lot of truly nerd things that most people don't know about, like MUDs. And they still ask if my husband told me about them. If I got into it for him. Oh, yeah. I know I get the same question with my partner of what games do we play together? How do you guys, like, uh, do you guys play Overwatch together? Nope, I'm the one who got him back into gaming, and to this day, I play far more than he does. He is not really into gaming that crazy much, but will do it for me if we have a game that we play together. Like, this is my hobby, not his. Mine. I'm sharing it. <laughs> well, that's another thing is, I'll go out on dates with different guys and stuff, and I refuse to tell a guy about how I play video games and all that because it's always the whole, oh, my God, you're a gamer girl. Like, why did you have an ex that played or something like that? So it's always like it's it's pros and cons to not telling guys because once they show up to my apartment and they see my entire dining room is actually a computer setup, they go, oh, <laughs> But <laughs> good looking one too. It's not <laughs> cheap. I know, but it's it's like it's all these pros and cons because a lot of times when if a guy finds out that I play games, they're like, oh my god, it's a gamer girl. I like her just because of that. Instead of, oh, I like this girl because of who she is, not that she plays games. And the number of guys that are just like, well, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. Maybe I've been gaming for 18 <laughs> years, I've been online, okay? I've been in this struggle. I, I was at Rockville. Okay. Rockville is a series of concerts. It's just a lot all at once. It's rock concerts. A man behind me saw that I have a $300 tattoo on my shoulder of Bulbasaur and said, what makes Bulbasaur the best? Give me three reasons. Okay. $300 for a tattoo. She's beautiful. And you're going to ask me why I think she's the best? <laughs> Our concert? Can I just say that just like gave me flashbacks right there. And someone, as a girl that loves sports, as I mean, well, you also, like football? Even Name around... five players. Yeah, literally. You like you hockey? Know what Name five means. players right now. <laughs> name name five different positions the <laughs> only answer to that is to say you don't know or make things up and when it's you do name feeling. them off it's always like oh my god she knows sports or she knows games ah i'm scared 
Yeah, they get threatened. They're threatened. Yeah, they are. <laughs> to an NFL game, and there was a there was a penalty called, and my husband's like, "I didn't see what happened, did you?" And I was like, "Oh, offsides." And the guy in front of us turns to his date and says, "This is what offsides is, and that's not what happened." When the ref called out offsides, I was like, thank you. <laughs> I would just like to quick add in, because I think this is a funny ad. Zach is not actively talking in this episode. He is here to run our tech. And he did just shoot me a message with a time update and did ask also how many pizzas he needs to order to start apologizing on behalf of his gender, <laughs> which I think is Listen, very funny. There are some men, Zach <laughs> is one of them, who are very sweet. I the amount of times I heard Zach say I apologize for my gender, <laughs> which is I there. feel like, and I feel like but. a big thing that goes misconstrued here is that I've had this conversation with men that men, period, just men are not the enemy. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, oh. they're not. We're not looking at the entire gender and saying you're the problem. We're pointing out that these are issues that we see and experience every day. And unfortunately, because of the actions of a few, it reflects on the many. So I'd like and to point of, that out as well, that like, this is not us sitting here going, men are bad, men are awful, men are the worst. We've had experiences where a man is bad and the worst. But I think that's an important qualifier here that this is us talking about our experience and bringing to light the different issues that we see in our everyday lives and how we can move forward from there. So we're not really talking about men. We're talking about people that are mean to us and most of them happen to be men. Correct. Pointing out specific instances that are happening. So it could be somebody's real bad day and they could be great 98% of the time, but we catch that 2% from this guy, and then two lobbies later, the next guy, and then so on and so forth. So it's, it compounds like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing that I did want to kind of bring up, because it was kind of touched on, and I think this is an interesting conversation of, have there been times in your life where something has happened, a negative experience has occurred, and you have had men in your life around you that have experienced that with you or you've talked to about it and they don't quite understand. And now you're in the position of educating. And I kind of want to talk about instances like that because I think that's such a double-edged sword of people want to learn more and want to understand how we're feeling, but also it puts us into this role where we're always on. We have to be the ones that educate about our about our Drama. Drama and things that we're seeing from other people. And I know, Point, you kind of talked about it with your husband, about him not quite understanding why people are mean to you, but now you are in the role of, it's on you to educate. And I don't feel like that's always fair. He's a good people watcher. So although I have educated him and I've been responsible for that to an extent about it, He's also just observed the way people treat me, like when we're in lobbies together and they don't know we're together. Like, yes, my username is Mrs. The Point because it's a perfect pun. It's not, he's not Mr. The Point. 
And he'll just be like, what happened? Because you weren't talking the first half of this and everything was fine. And the second you spoke up, that person became vicious. And it's just a lot. (laughs) It's like, oh, no, that happens all the time. You don't know how many times people have said they're going to me. It's fine. I'm used to it. Well, um, as far as the educating thing goes, I just like real world experiences, I feel like has happened a whole lot more as far as having to explain something to a guy because I am a person that likes to make sure all of my friends are safe all the time. So when I go out to the bars with all my friends um, every once in a while, it's it's about 50-50 of guys and girls, right? But all the girls immediately before we even go out, like if we're on our way to the bar, it'll be all the girlies sending each other their locations for the night on their phones, right? And there was one night where I was doing it and one of my friends came up to me and he's like, why are you guys all sharing your location? Like, it's not a big deal. Like, you don't need it. And I'm like, well, see... That's the thing. A lot of us are small. If I go like, missing. <laughs> well, it's not just that. It's that I I know that if somebody tried something on me, I could probably try to handle it, right? But I don't know if all of my girly friends are able to do that, right? And I like to make sure everyone makes it home safe and blah, 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 right? I'll be like, text me when you get home, all that stuff. And he just like, didn't understand that because he walked like a mile and a half home by himself at night no worries no no care in the world um i would never do that i would be so petrified that entire walk like petrified but yeah it's it is nice to tell guys about that because then they'll be more keen on walking girls home and all that I used to online date before my husband and I started seeing each other, but we were friends. And one night I had a date and I sent him the name, the profile picture, and I took a picture of the the guy's license plate as he got out of his car. <laughs> and he's like, that's a little bit much, isn't it? And I'm like, no, why would it be much? I feel like that's the bare minimum right now. <laughs> Honestly, it's just good, good sense. I remember a friend going out for a date with a person that she had met online and insisting that she, when she was like, hey, I'm not coming home tonight. I was like, tell me where you're going because I mm-hmm. we need to keep track of each other. Like, you go do you. I'm closer in age to your kids than, than I am to you. Like, you're a grown woman, but I need to know that you're going to be. I need a picture okay. of the, the, the address so at least I know what the house looks like. Exactly. Yeah. So if you don't come home, I know where to go. <laughs> like, I know how to go find you. Or the amount of times I've shared an Uber ride with a friend mm-hmm. to make sure that my Uber's going to the right place. Oh my god. That's a big I'll, one too. Because I used to Uber up. all the time when I lived in Madison. Mm-hmm. And I would have a... I lived on the east side of town and my friends lived down in the in downtown. And that was about a 25-minute Uber. And that was a terrifying 25 minutes most of the time to get a car with usually a man driving by myself. And expect him to drive me 25 minutes to my home and 
thankfully nothing ever happened. There was one close call where he decided to take a very strange route and I got a little bit nervous, but I had my friend watching me the old, the whole time. She go, why did you take that exit? I don't know, man, but the extra precautions that we take on a daily basis is insurmountable compared to what I think an average man experiences. I mean, I think all of us with partners probably have our partners order the Ubers now because they're less creepy in general. It's mm-hmm. sad to say, but it's true. Maybe I should change my name to a dude on Uber. <laughs> Hi, my name's Tony. Uh... <laughs> we ordered an Uber once home from a concert and I ordered it on my phone because I had power. And the guy pulled up and he's like, hey, are you point? <laughs> And my husband's like, the fuck? (laughs) Um, Kind of moving slightly away from our own experiences with gaming, I did a little bit of looking into the field of professional gaming. A field that, to my knowledge, I, I know that there are women involved, and I'm not sure off the top of my head what leagues someone else might be able to fill in that. Uh, information for me. The fact that we don't know, though, I think is kind of says enough. But I know for myself, I've watched it doesn't exist anymore, but Overwatch League (laughs) for a long time and there was never a single uh, woman to break a roster um, as far as I'm aware. Um, I found an article with a interview with an individual named Natalie Dank, who is the associate at the Center for Applied Game Research at I'm going to butcher some of these words, and I apologize. The Duano University Krems and is a passionate gamer. Um, in addition to numerous projects, she's part of the League of Girls, an initiative by Pika Pipe, a Viennese uh, company, and is committed to increasing the visibility of women in esports. And they asked her some questions about representation and what she has seen in her research in terms of professional gaming and women. Some of the quotes that I pulled that felt most important to this conversation, a question was asked of her of why are they underrepresented? Why have we, haven't we seen many women in this space? Things, her answer were things like missing role models. There's nobody for women to look up to that they can identify with. The fear of sexism, which I think goes unsaid. We've been talking about it the entire episode. Um, gender-specific socialization in which video games are high skill video games and FPSs are not for women, they are for men. Things such as non-perception of women, so we're not the target audience for a lot of things, so we don't get advertised to as much. And those were some of the things that she brought up. She was then asked another question, which is how can we change this underrepresentation? She reported things like creating role models, um, association works, different association creating initiatives to include women in their esports club work, maybe at the university level. I know um, Paradox, Drazzle's brother, who has been on the show before, does a lot with esports at his college. He's the, a director, I, I'm pretty sure. Um, gender competence in journalism, so on the reporting sphere around esports, creating more content and info about the women that are a part of it. And then she also brings up breaking down stereotypes as an educational task. So in everyday education, creating that ability to break down the stereotype that this is for men, this is for women, and creating a more balanced option. And then lastly, before we move into discuss, because I think this will be a really interesting topic, 
I did pull one more question, which is, do women in esports have different strengths and weaknesses than men? Because that is often an argument that is used, especially at high-level FPS games, that men, young men are just going to be better. They're physically predisposed or mentally predisposed to be better at these games. In which she said, through her research, no. There are no serious studies that would prove that there is a difference in gaming behavior or performance between women and men. The nice thing about esports is that, in contrast to many conventional sports, such as soccer, gender segregation is not necessary for physical reasons. So I found that extremely interesting. I will also point out before we start discussing that throughout this article, when they mentioned men and women, it was with an asterisk. It is referring to people who identify as men and people who identify as women. So starting there, um, any initial reactions? Because that's a lot of information and I think a lot of good information. So maybe any reactions, what people think about esports, your own experience. I know none of us are at a level to be professional gamers in the games that we play. Although I would love to see Mrs. The Point play uh, TF2 now because it sounds pretty <laughs> awesome, but kind of you opening it wait. up. I got carpal tunnel. You have to wait for the steroid shots. Heard. Um, all of the men I know that play video games had consoles as kids, as teenagers. I got secondhand consoles for my cousin. Um, but we never bought games and stuff for it. So it wasn't really encouraged because, so when I'm 18, 19, I start dating, I started seeing a gentleman who did have game consoles and stuff. He was a little better at these games than me because I just didn't have that experience. And something I'm kind of hoping for, especially with Gen Z and moving onward from there is the PC will act as an equalizer we all have pcs now we all have computers at home so at least there's more chance people that are interested will be able to get into these games mm -hmm. yeah my my initial reaction to what you had just been saying when you were talking about um first when you were talking about if women have different strengths and differences than other players I mean, sure, but doesn't everybody? There's going to be strengths and differences between this male player and strengths and weaknesses with this male player. It's not gender specific, it's people specific. <laughs> and then my second reaction, which was stronger, um, was when you were talking about how if their physical ability in terms of playing these, I don't want to put that in quotes, that was terrible of me, but sports, esports, there ain't a shot that pressing keys and moving a mouse is more strenuous for one gender than another. It can absolutely be done equally. Not not a shot. I don't believe it for a second. But I know I heard that. Like when people when I heard about how they recruit for Overwatch League, they're not looking for women. They're looking for young 16 to 22 year old males. Which is goofy because they literally have all the stats of how well people perform. And that should be all that matters. When mm -hmm. we go back, though, we were just talking about how the production companies have to put up and, and nominate women to be nominated for these awards that, like, Margot Robbie was, was snubbed for. And I think that's very similar. Is people are trying to recruit, recruit for esports. They don't want people that aren't going to do well. And they know very basically, and I don't want to... Like these basic guys, they do well. They work together with other guys and they can see on a regular basis. 
So they aren't sure if the women will work as well when it comes to getting like sponsorships and stuff, just because not because there's something wrong with women, but because of the sponsors themselves. Yeah, I think the gaming community definitely lacks way more in women representation than literally every other thing, right? Like even in uh you know physical sports it's it's not so much lacked it might not be um as welcomed but one thing that i will say that recently happened is there is now a professional women's hockey league which was yeah big big goals for a woman big hockey fan but um it was this whole thing of all the men that both supported the NHL and that were in the NHL didn't think that women's hockey would be watched at all. When women's professional hockey was launched, every stadium was sold out. There's six teams, I believe. I might be wrong on that number. But since it started, They've been pretty much sold out. People have been showing up to them and all this. And as far as the gaming community goes, I think if something like that were to happen, even though I don't think it needs to be a women's league or anything, because I do think men and women are very equal in video gaming, mm-hmm. I, I think what a lot of people's worry is that if they have a woman on their team, that it wouldn't be watched or they get backlash. And I know, I can't remember what league it was or what game, but I know there was one game that got a woman professional player on it. And there was a lot of backlash from all these stupid men that thought women shouldn't be playing games. But there was also a lot of pros in uh, the women's gaming community because there was finally somebody that made it right mm-hmm. and I think especially with the whole NHL women's hockey league start that just started that it's starting to make way on women being able to play these uh, typically men's sports right mm-hmm. not to nerd out on women's sports I a little bit about me I was a college athlete for softball and sports have been a big part of my life outside of gaming. Um, and to watch the Nebraska, and I understand this is a gen, generally women's game, but the Nebraska volleyball team selling out the football stadium to play outside was one of the coolest things. To have Nebraska versus Wisconsin volleyball game, that 1v2 match, have over a million people tune in to watch that's insane i'm even watching there's a small uh professional league of softball called uh it's athletes unlimited and it's out of chicago and it runs for small seasons in the summer and it's past college players and pro players who come and play in this league that is it's it's unfortunate that it's only in chicago i did get a chance to go watch a game once it was really really cool um but it gets played on espn now 
Like these things are starting to get that they, they play on ESPN. They play on NBC. Caitlin Clark, uh, who is uh, an Iowa basketball player, is a sensation. If you've never seen her play, please go look up a highlight reel. She's insane. She's one of my favorite people to watch right now. But to watch this representation start to happen in traditional sports, I only hope that it keeps going towards esports. And one other thing I wanted to comment on, I know, Oriel, you started talking about female only leagues or female specific leagues. I know um, and a question was asked of, um, of Natalie in this interview in which they said, would it be positive to implement female only leagues? And her response was, well, if it creates opportunities for females, yes, but that shouldn't be the end goal. In something such as gaming, where it is extremely equal in terms of ability between men and women, we shouldn't have to have a female-only league. We should start working right now towards integrated teams. So I thought that was really interesting, too, especially because, yeah, I would agree. Men and women probably shouldn't play hockey um, in mixed teams for a professional sport. There are predisposed physical things, especially in traditional sports, that it doesn't make sense to have leagues of, of co-op. But in gaming, you turn your camera off and you don't talk. You don't know who's behind the monitor. Which how is... many of us? How many of us have spent two, three matches in a row just destroying someone, and then they end up on your team and they're like, "What? You're a girl?" Yeah. <laughs> All the time. Too much. I stay the hell out of voice chat. So <laughs> you're smart. She's like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to have any part of that anymore. I just started. Uh, <laughs> like I used to play Titan Ball with that one group, my my Uno squad, and like people would join and they'd be like, "There's a girl," and I'd be like, "Oh my god, where?" And they'd be like, "Don't don't get her started. <laughs> She's a girl. It's fine. <laughs> Please, she'll rip you to shreds. Please." <laughs> so, kind of to start capping off on this discussion taking into mind everything we talked about from Oscars to our own experience to esports and e-gaming, where do we go from here? Where does that change start happening? Is there a way forward or is this something that's going to just have to happen naturally as Gen Z starts coming up and hopefully the environment changes on its own? Or are there things we can do now? I want to say one thing as someone who is Gen Z and has noticed throughout um, playing games is I feel like our generation has been, at least women, have been a lot more aggressive towards all these comments, which I 100% am. Like, if someone's going to make fun of me for being a girl, I'm going to make fun of you, right? That's just how it's going to go. And I think as time goes on and Unfortunately, women are going to have to be more aggressive about it, but I think it'll start to calm down all the reactions. And like, gener like generally, I don't think it's going to ever go away 100%. It, nothing will ever go away 100% as far as like segregation and stuff goes, right? Doesn't matter what type of segregation it is. It'll never go away 100% as much as you want it to. Um, but I think we're at a good spot to pro uh, progress it and have it be more equal. I think it'll take time. I think that women should be included in things like uh, professional esports and stuff, but it's a big hurdle for a company to 
take the the risk right in quotation marks because it's it, there is a lot of uh different views on it and just to like build off of that like first of all crochet has been a very welcoming community for men that took it up during covid okay it's called brochet and we love them <laughs> but um yeah it's perceived as a risk for them to advertise to women it's perceived as a risk for them to really do any of that stuff for women and i'm not sure if it's going to be naturally as we grow as a society as the generations you know everything goes a little bit younger but i do hope it'll be smoother I got distracted by Aspen. Um, <laughs> I'm also watching Smeagol and Smog in the background. So that's where my attention spans at. The I made quite a few faces as they jump. I'm like, ooh. They're like a living wallpaper just kind of moving around in the background. <laughs> you said her name, now she's coming over here. <laughs> Their hearing's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> Insane. But yeah, I feel like it's going to. I'm optimistic about it. I'm not optimistic about a lot, but I'm optimistic about equal opportunity ass kicking. I feel like as with most things, it's going to take time. And hopefully, yeah, as a younger generation moves in, it'll become more and more equal. Um, I'll talk professionally for a moment. There was a time where the career field that I'm in Actually, it's very polarized. There is a male-dominated section and a female-dominated section. And to the point where it was nearly 100% and 100% on each side. And those numbers are slowly becoming more and more equal. The, the male... Hi, baby. The male-dominated side is probably at like an 80-20 right now. And on, on the female-dominated side, we're... Probably at a 70-30, closing in on a 60-40 in terms of a gender split of people who are looking to work professionally in my industry. So I I feel like it doesn't just relate to gaming, but it relates broadly to many things. Um, the making equality in terms of who representation of people in both groups. I know I had the opportunity to listen to a speaker who is the uh, president for diversity, equity, and inclusion for Milwaukee County in Wisconsin. And I remember something that stuck with me that he said was that Gen Z is the most diverse, uh, different, like they're like, we represent the most amount of identities, black, white, brown, purple, gold, LGBTQIA+. There's so much about us that's so different in the identities that we we hold to ourselves. So I, like Point said, I'm extremely optimistic moving forward that it sucks that we kind of just have to wait because it does feel like a waiting game most days. But as an elder Gen Z, I've got a lot of faith in my generation. And quite honestly, if we don't make enough waves, I'm even more scared of Gen Alpha behind us. I think they're going to oh, yeah. be terrors, which I can't wait to see. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree. It does feel like a waiting game. And it sucks that sometimes we feel like we have to be in that educator position to see change. 
that we're forced into these uncomfortable conversations to educate those around us about our own lived experience. But I also have come to the conclusion in my own head that if that's the role I have to play to see a difference in my own life, then that's what's gonna, that's what it's gonna be. And I wouldn't change a thing about it. Right. Well, to wrap up the podcast, then I know this was a little bit of a different episode, but we're still going to do our same ed- ending segment um, because I enjoy it and I have things to talk about. So buckle up. Um, the end segment that we will always do on the episode is called The Real World. We're going to go around and talk about what we're doing outside of gaming. I think it's been fully expressed in this episode that we have multi interests outside of the world that we live on this computer. So it gives us a small moment to recommend games, to, or I guess you could recommend games, but get, recommend books, music, movies, TV shows, or talk about anything that's been going on in your life. So, Oreo, I would love for you to kick us off. Um, lately, I. <laughs> Nox is excited. <laughs> I've been reading more of my book. <laughs> I'm about 12 or 13 chapters in now to Fourth Wing. Uh it's it's very good. I don't read. So I am very proud of myself. I made a goal to read about one chapter a day. I have missed the mark a couple days, but that's okay. Uh but yeah, it's it's a good book. I recommend it. <laughs> I know I have recommended it on the podcast before, so you have two people now telling you to go read it. So <laughs> please do. How about Point? What have you been up to? Oh, I have a child, so I've been reading <laughs> a lot, actually. <laughs> so babies like to sleep on top of people, and I can't do anything, so I end up reading on my phone. And I've read Fourth Wing and Iron Flame multiple times. I got my husband to read them. We discuss head cannons now. Love, love it. Knox is about to launch into space. We am. That's all I want. <laughs> said uh, he's gonna re- not to dox my my partner. My partner said he was going to read them soon. Zach, you can bleep his name. Thank you. <laughs> it's good. Okay. Like I thought it was just gonna be smut, and now I'm here invested in dragon politics. Why? <laughs> Why am I concerned about this? I've also been crocheting, but that's not as interesting. What about you, Draz? Uh, so there's a um a musical artist that I found recently. It was maybe two or three months ago at this point. I that's all I've listened to for like the last two or three months because he um He's a gentleman out of the UK. Uh, his name is Ren, R-E-N. Um, and he is very multi-talented. He is his own songwriter. Um, he's his own singer. He raps. He uh, beatboxes. So he makes his own beats. He plays four or five different instruments. And he is very known for these one-take music videos where he is playing his music live and singing live. And he is the subject of the music video. Um, so they're they're very, very cool to watch. And the that's kind of half of what he does. And then the other half is he was physically and mentally very sick for a very long time. And a lot of his music focuses around mental health and his struggles. And so he has some very, very powerful lyrics 
um, when he is sharing his story. Um, so if anyone has a chance to, to listen to him, um, I very much enjoy it. Sometimes the accent can throw people off. They're like, a, a, an English rapper? I don't, I don't know about this. <laughs> but How do you spell that? R-E-N. Um, most people start with the with the video high run. Um, I will tell you, it is a nine minute music video, but it does not feel like it. I'll do a well, ten minute version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. Ooh. Um. Yeah. Not stuff. to talk about more books, but it's me, so I'm going to talk about more books. <laughs> um, today is officially day two in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, Sarah J. Mass um she is my love her love her love her and she wrote it is day two because yesterday uh house of flame and shadow came out i don't have it in front of me it's on my bookshelf um it is gorgeous it is wonderful i cannot wait to read it um i know i'm going to talk about it right now but i am waiting to read it because i have not finished the end of her other series which is throne of glass that i'm still working towards and i know i talked about the tandem read last week um but yes, it is very exciting. I definitely looked at my boss on Monday and said, hey, boss, I'm going to take my lunch early on Tuesday. And he said, why is that? And I went, well, you see, the book I've been waiting three months for comes out tomorrow and Barnes & Noble opens at 10 a.m. So my lunch will be starting at 9.45 in the morning. And he said, okay. <laughs> so I walked my happy little ass down to Barnes and Noble at 10 a.m. yesterday, and it was a very fun experience of I was walking through the Barnes and Noble to the back where the fantasy section is where I knew the book was going to be. And every woman that I passed walking the other way is holding the same book that I was going to go <laughs> grab. We all had the same idea and we were in this together. And I know uh, in the last episode, you guys met Foon. Foon is my other Sarah J. Mass lover in this uh, Discord, and she has started to read it. I'm trying to keep her spoiler-free from me while I wait to read it, but um, it's wonderful. If you haven't started to read that universe, I have gotten probably about 10 people now in my life to do it. It's so worth it. Yes. I but... actually am waiting for my library. It's a four-month wait for one book. Oh my, oh my god. Gosh. Shoot me your address. I'll just let loan them to you. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be faster than four months, I promise. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, thank you to everyone for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed our discussion today. We re release these episodes weekly, but if that's not enough for you, we're often available in the Snowflake Sanctuary Discord server. If you want to offer your own insight, have any ideas for what you want to hear, or just think that we sound like a cool group of people to chill with, then click the link in the description. Also, if you're listening on Spotify, come on over to YouTube. We're at Sweaty Casuals, the same name, and you can see what we look like. Plus, we interact and a little bit dogs. more on video. And our dogs and our cats. It'll be really fun this episode. And Can if I you bring found us on, over? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and if you found us on YouTube, please feel free to go follow us on Spotify. Leave a little rate. Uh, you can listen to us in the car and not have to crash your car by watching our stream. It's the best of both worlds. You can find us on both platforms. But thank you again to Draz, Oreo, and Mrs. The Point for joining us this evening. Thank you to listening to us. For thank you for listening to us, and we hope to see you in the next one. Bye. Oh, the puppy. Bye. The puppy's here. <laughs>